Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. I was away for a bit because, well, got banned on Twitter, and at the same time I had to do a lot of moving. Moving is uh, always a fun activity, you know. Except it isn't, and uh, I don't own a car, so extra interesting to move apartments. In the meantime, by the way, uh, in the interview that I was on with Daniele Bolelli has come out on the Drunken Taoist podcast, which is great, so you can just go and listen to that one. I really hope you'll enjoy it. It was recorded a while ago, as you can remember. And um, yeah, I had to re-listen to that one myself to understand what was going on there. And I have to say, I'm, I'm actually pretty decent. Don't feel even bad about that one. And um, also, during this week, during which I was banned on Twitter, so I couldn't really share that one, apparently, I'm, I'm being listened to in West Point so by, by someone there. So, uh, hi, folks from West Point, because um, I noticed that I noticed that the, I was quoted in an article of theirs. Well, I was mentioned that uh, about the book, you know, I, I Live, I Fight, I Win, the Weird Russian Instruction Manual. And they mentioned my show uh, on one of their articles on, on their site. I was sent a screenshot of that, and I was sent a link to the article, and I was, well, felt really awesome, but, uh, but a bit weird. However, there's a, there's a bit of catch-up to do. For starters, well, everyone's been asking me to comment on Solyadar. By the way, Solyadar uh, literally translates to the gift of salt. Because again, Bakhmut, the re- it's near Bakhmut, and the region is well known and was established to be salt mines. So there is like small t- this small town called Solidar next to it. There is a place literally called Salt on the south of it. So it's all salt related, and that's the uh, only area of of the front line that is active currently. Well, the interesting part is that the Russian side announced that they had taken it multiple times until they finally did. Ukrainian side is still sort of ish, saying that, well, it's not fully captured, but it it is, with massive losses for the Russian side. But if you look at the map, then there's like this tiny little sliver of the whole administrative district, which is still disputed. But the interesting part is that, of course, this came under, well, this this tiny little success of, of the Russian side came after a bloody, bloody affair. It wasn't easy for them. And, uh, well, once again, after that, and after the bombings that followed, including the one in Dnipro, where, where an apartment building, 9th floor one, 
was hit and many, many civilians died once again and um, saw some truly shocking scenes from that, but we'll get to that reaction later. Finally, there's been, a, been an actual movement of the Western politicians to give heavy equipment to Ukraine, such as tanks and, and BMPs. Okay, BMPs is... Uh, it's BMP in Russian. It's basically infantry assault vehicle, but uh, I'm just so used to reading it in Russian, that's why I use BMPs. But whenever I mention those, know that I'm, I'm talking about infantry assault vehicles. Just just a bit of explaining. I think I mentioned that in some earlier episode, but just to be sure, if I, I, IFVs remind me of, of, of some stuff that they put you in hospitals or, or something like that, so I just uh, call them BMPs by inertia. Sorry about that one. Anyway, the the fact about Solidar, that was the really interesting part, is that this really portrayed the whole inner clash of Russia that I've been talking about for a long time already. Remember, I've been talking about uh, the... Kadyrovtsi and Prigozhin's their united bloc conflict with Shoigu and the Ministry of Defense. Well, that came into the forefront because of uh, of how this was portrayed. At the beginning, we had Wagner Group with Prigozhin publicly reporting and announcing to Putin that it was all Wagner Group that had taken um, Solyadar and that they did it uh, and all that stuff. And that came after they had... Um, after they had basically publicly posted videos, because sure, Wagner who posts videos, but basically Prigozhin's PR service, because Prigozhin also runs troll farms, which hunt me down and got me banned. So, you know, Prigozhin, uh, I think Mr. Prigozhin has, has noticed my activities online, because, yeah, when, when, the, when I say Russian trolls, I mean Prigozhin's troll farms. So, hi, folks from Petersburg. You know, you're a nice company. Uh, just, just saying. But... Um, but yeah, he posted this very openly and brazenly, and people were stunned. But then came the Russian Ministry's, Ministry of Defense's announcement that didn't even mention Wagner Group. And at the same time, there was this conflict on public public sphere because Ministry of Defense sort of downplayed Wagner Group's announcements, and then pro-Wagner Group Telegram channels kept posting about how it's unfair to deny them this glory of war or something. But what is clear, certainly, is that there's a massive conflict because Prigozhin's now trying to prove that he's useful to Putin. Because all of these statements, you know, everything that um, Minister of Defense says or Prigozhin says himself, it's for a single person, a single person audience, really. Nothing that they state is, um, you know, is meant for anyone outside there. They just want to prove Putin, who is still being totally misled by everything and being lied to and manipulated on. Uh, yeah, they just want to prove Putin their usefulness. And now it's going to go crazy and a bit haywire since, well, Surovikin, the general Armageddon, he's kind of uh, sidelined because apparently Putin is not very happy with his achievements. And now the previous uh, chief of staff, uh, kind of the chief of the general HQ, I think it's chief of staff, uh, basically uh, he's been pushed on the Gerasimov. That guy now is in charge of the whole special military operation, as they call it. Now, this is um, the fourth general they the the russian side has appointed to command the whole affair and that's including the fact that surovikin has been as far as we now know twice in charge of this so it's just a weird weird situation where they switch around but um gerasimov is interesting since as he was the chief of hqs like uh 
general chief of the HQ, just you know, the commander of the HQ stuff, while Survikin was there. I, I really don't, don't, don't know the NATO analog of this. I think it's kind of the chief of staff of forces, the one that commands the HQ part. So he was blamed about all the lack of equipment and all the lack of training, and he's very dangerous, specifically to Wagner Group, because, well, Wagner Group also just made a video recently, which they posted on YouTube, publicly calling him a shithead, and stating that they can't move onwards and they can't fight, and that he's a piece of trash, since they, he doesn't provide enough support and material for, for the people. And everyone on the pro-Russian side of the war, on all the Telegram channels, including Igor Girkin, now seem to think that Gerasimov is there not to win the war, but um, to serve as proxy of Shoigu, because Sergei Shoigu, the, you know, the reindeer herder, or uh, the cardboard general, as Igor Girkin calls him, yeah, that he's finally getting tired of being smacked down by Wagner Group and Prigozhin, and this is sort of a way to strike back. So this is why Prigozhin was pushing so hard about him taking Solidar, and this is why there's this conflict of who actually did what, because the final conciliatory, you know, after this mess has happened and went on for some time, conciliatory message from the Ministry of Defense basically portrayed that the Russian army did everything and that the Wagner group just stormed in and did the final assault on, on the fortified positions. But that's kind of weird since uh, Wagner group is supposed to be assault infantry, although they have tanks and air force and all that stuff, um, but, um, yeah, that also sort of mocks their participation. Meanwhile, Wagner Group has already, you know, started out giving medals to people for taking of, of Solidar. And this is interesting since, one, well, giving medals to Wagner Group people is nice, because then you can, like, recognize them after the war, and as they are an illegal military formation, since in Russia private warfare companies are not allowed, that'll be, you know, very easy to be sort of, you know, they'll be easy to recognize after the war. And secondly, which also caused a fur amongst the pro-Russian Ministry of Defense, Z channels. I go, you know, the, the whole propaganda stuff that I live amongst. And that causes me migraines lately since I just don't sleep, but it is what it is. Someone has to do these shows. And yeah, these are literally for the conquest, for the taking of, um, of Solidar. But if you remember that Solidar is in the, the Luhansk district, right? And according, well, to these pro-war Russian side guys who support the Ministry of Defense, technically it's Russian territory according to the ref fake referendum things. The Shamaranda, as I remember, that was on, on the Twitter spaces there. So they, they go all out and, and question Prigozhin's true motives. Because, hey, that's technically Russian land. Why are we taking it? Shouldn't it be liberation of Solidar? So that's even more conflict going on there. It's kind of the seeds of the conflict have been sown, and currently uh, most analysts agree that it's upon Putin to decide whether or not Gerasimov gets the drain in Wagner Group or not, because apparently Prigozhin has shown some more you know, political ambition, which would be unhealthy for someone in his position. But it's, it's all interesting, because the conflict still carries on amidst rumors of the second wave of mobilization. Since, well, although Girkin and... and guys who actually have some military expertise, although they are wicked war criminals, they state that, and I agree with them, that proactive, like, pr protracted war will only just cause Russia to lose more people, and um, that would cause internal squabbles inside Russia, and I tend to agree with them. Meanwhile, guys on the Putin's side of the mainstream kind of 
Ministry of Defense side, they seem to think that they want to prolong this war as long as possible until West, the West decides to, you know, get tired of Ukraine and forget about Ukraine, and then Russia can just sweep over and, and grab everything because Ukraine is dependent on, on the Western, Western aid. Now, well... In this case, I kind of understand why Prigozhin is is uh, sort of angry at me, since I'm I'm the kind of person that directly you know puts a wrench into their plans. Since I don't intend to stop reminding everyone that Ukraine needs your help and that we must support Ukraine. And well, if I'm being listened to West Point, which apparently I am, then uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that I won't allow even guys up there in the military and to forget that this whole thing is a problem. So, tough luck, Mr. Putin. I think Mr. Girkin is a bit more right on that one, but thankfully Girkin does not listen to my shows, which is excellent. Uh, talking about which, I also tried to get Girkin on my show, but uh, he sent a nice little response in his latest two-hour um, thing, because I, I apparently wasn't the only one who has tried to contact him, but he just publicly stated that he will not be giving interviews to anyone, uh, or to any journalist from any country that you know supports sanctions against Russia. So, you know, tough luck for me. I, I sincerely hope that when the war ends and that he's finally sent to The Hague to serve his life sentence there, uh, I, I would really, really enjoy getting an interview with him over there. I mean, it, it is allowed, I, I hope, and, you know, that could be nice. But in the meantime, yeah, this whole Solidar thing, the capture is less important because that, that town has, like, first of all, it's no longer a town, it's Moonscape. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. It's, it's destroyed almost completely. Secondly, yeah, that's the only area in the front that's moving onwards, and I'm really happy that the, the heavy equipment that's at least promised to Ukraine, well, f yeah, the mobilized people, even though we had like a lot of losses of them, they're not very effective. What the mobilized can do, and what, are, what they're doing from the Russian side, is that they're stalling everything and making it difficult for Ukraine to, to attack. So everywhere else, the front lines are very stagnant, except this one incident, which... I hope, well, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be stopped and Ukraine's going to go back in the, in the counteroffensive. And again, we'll, in response to all this situation, we had, um, we had counter, uh, counterattacks and, and missile airstrikes and all that stuff. So once again, if Putin feels like, you know, he feels offended or something, then he bombs civilians. Nothing surprising there. In other news, uh, by the way, uh, this is tied into this. 
is the fact that I listened to some commentary from the Russian liberal journalists, and they pointed out some th the thing about Russian mentality and, and how West treats it that I hadn't even thought about, and I feel ashamed of it since I'm supposed to be telling you all this stuff. But uh, I have a feeling that well, I, I spoke previously on the show about how the West tends to think that there are two Russias, right? But I understood that, yeah, you know, there, there was a time when I was doing, as, as part of my monthly Russian politics segment, all the weird news that, you know, Zhirinovsky and all these, peop all these people were saying about Russia. And currently, in, in Russian politics, you have to you have to be super mega loyal and, and show the crazy stuff. You have to pretend to be a complete, utter, super pro-war fool to, you know, not lose your properties since everyone's been falling out of the window. So over here, we understand that, that Dmitry Medvedev, who at one point was sort of a, a, sort of a comp competitor to, to Putin and was... You know, during his time as president, although he was Putin's puppet, was trying to move his own things. He has to be super loyal, which is why he's gone full alcoholism mode, and and now he's spewing out all sorts of nonsense. Like yesterday, he basically came out with the message that the, the Japanese prime minister should seppuku himself for you know defense talks with with uh, the United States, and he just portrays portrays all this in, in very interesting light. But um, all these Russian politicians and Gosduman everywhere. You know, they're not actively... Uh, and this also makes the West worried about nukes. And, and I always thought, why, why are you so worried? Because apparently Western politicians, when they look at the, the sayings of Dmitry Medvedev or, or Gosduma people, all that stuff, they take that seriously in a way. And they, well, they, they look at the statements of, of people like Dmitry Medvedev and people in Gosduma, and they go, well, wow, that's an actual official statement. I mean, that's a person in an important position and all that whatnot. And, and then they understand that, well, th there's no point of talking with Russia if, if this is all, like, if they're all so crazy. And that's pretty good because that's kind of a, you know, th that's kind of a backup uh, because, you know, that reinforces my idea that it's really not worth to make deals with Russia since they're going to backstab you anyways. But for the wrong reasons, since... I know, and, and a lot of people on this side of the eastern border understand that why these politicians are saying all this is not because they want to say anything to the United States or, or Europe. They've been saying this whole stuff for years. What they want to do is portray themselves as super loyal to Putin, because Putin rewards only loyalty, okay? So they just have to show that they are not a threat, that they're completely loyal, that they, you know, won't have a political career without Putin. This is kind of this is a modern version of prostrating yourself before the ruler. That is what they're doing. They're showing loyalty with this, and no one in Russia takes them seriously. Well, at least not the smart people. And even like Igor Girkin, even he mocks Dmitry Medvedev, and he's a super pro-war guy. So it's kind of like interesting when, um, when the West finally have started actually, you know, looking at these fools. And that's the biggest issue, because, you know, before the war started and before all this happened, they could, you know, yell at the West and, and be idiots on, and, and not be afraid that the guys whom they're offending and calling to get to be nuked, because there were people who were just yelling that Russia should just randomly nuke a spot in Arizona, in the desert, just to show that they can, to intimidate the United States and all that whatnot, right? But now they're being listened to, and, the, and they can't do otherwise. See, they have to show the loyalty, they have to prostrate themselves before the ruler, or they'll get uh, accidentally step too close to the window. But it also hurts Russia, really. It, it hurts Russia because then, on the public sphere, we have on record stupid statements. So that's weird. But, uh, yeah, another thing that, that's happening there. 
But on a more interesting note, which also is a thing that happened on January uh, January 14th, is uh, another thing that kind of, you know, if you listen to Daniele Bolelli's show, which I was on, you, another story that goes into the crazy, crazy land. And I like those. It's meanwhile in Russia studies, except now in the war. Uh, oh, boy. From Medusa. This is just from Medusa because they, they, re- they translated this stuff to English and it's amazing. Quote, Three people have been killed and 16 wounded, according to the latest tally, by ammunition detonating at a Russian base at Tonyankoye Farm in Korochansky district of the Belogorod region. Interfact reports citing emergency services that an, that an additional eight people are missing. According to online newspaper MASH, the incident took place at 4.50 a.m. Moscow time on January 14th. The explosion occurred in a former, former cultural center where Russian troops were stationed. Emergency services told Interfax that a sergeant, other sources say he's a senior sergeant, accidentally detonated a hand grenade in the building's sleeping quarters, which then caused the platoon's ammunition to explode and started the fire. The Telegram channel 112 writes that after the grenade exploded inside the building, quote, ammunition located in the weapons storage room detonated. The fire, according to 112, 112, by the way, is European 9-11, like, you know, that, that, or what was it, 911? 911, I suppose, is the United States emergency number. European one is 112, just so you know. That's, the, that's why it's called 112. Uh, the fire, according to 112, grew to 450 square meters, around uh, 4,800 square feet, the soldier who caused the explosion survived and has been hospitalized. Fifteen people were evacuated from neighboring buildings, though no local residents were injured. According online publication, Baza claims that the service member from the Svirtlovsk region set up the explosion, the, the sergeant guy, and that all, the, all of those in, injured and killed in the explosion were, uh, well, draftees, the guys who were mobilized. Mm. Buzzard writes, and this is the best part of this whole study because I, I, I love to grab these things. I, I enjoy them so much. <clears throat> According to pre- preliminary information, the service member grabbed an RGD5 grenade to gain authority in front of his subordinates. According to Telegram Channel 112, a criminal case has been opened, though it is not, cl- not, not clear what the charges are. <laughs> the, the Ren Television Network reported that the Tonyankoy farm has been cordoned off and journalists were not allowed in the area. Well, now, you have to show some authority to the scumbags that are mobilized and don't know anything, right? Right? This is how armies work. Y- you, you throw grenades at people to show them who's boss, at your own guys that explode ammunition shortages. Of course you do. I mean, that's, that's, that was literally what was written in that, that book. You know, I live, I fight, I win. Ah. Uh, <sighs> Amazing, isn't it? Uh, it's just um, it's just scary that if you look at this army and how they're running the, their their businesses, that if you remember that they also have nukes, and I wouldn't be surprised if if I found out that at least one of, one or two of them have just randomly been stolen or exploded or something. But yeah, I'll keep you up to date on everything, and uh, thank you for listening, and thanks, Prigozhin guys, thanks West Point, thanks everyone. Uh, yeah, on the twenty first, we're recording with. Um, Two of my friends, the, one of them is um, one of them is uh, the Secret Police podcast. N- nice, really guy. I highly recommend it. He's been advertised on my show, and of course, History Impossible making a return. We're we're doing a three way thing about why uh, you know about about Putin's supporters in the United States and what Putin's supporters in Russia think about the United States to kind of show the paradox, which I think is pretty weird that a lot of Americans, both far right and far left, tend to support Putin and his war. 
meanwhile, people in Russia just mock them, and and I, I I'll try to understand this stuff, and we'll also talk about racism inside Russia, and and all all that you know interesting interesting stuff. I hope it's going to be great, but uh, yeah, in the meantime, we're going to be working on some more news, and of course, well, if you want to support the show, please become our patron on Patreon.com/slash/TheEasternBorder. And if you are up for a one-time donation, since we are still organizing to go to Ukraine, I can get back to that part of business. Well, uh, yeah, uh, just go to the eastern border.lv. You can always listen to the show without ads there, by the way, and just click the donate button. That, that'd be super nice of you. And I'm super, super thankful, since because of you guys, I've been able to move to my new apartment, which is great. I hope the sound is actually a bit better, since uh, I, I'm now in the special tiny studio room and I'm and trying to you know improve the sound quality as well wouldn't be able to do all this without you and um, truly truly appreciate all of you that is thank you comrades just you know to explain this and of course as usual and remember happiness is mandatory hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.